This is your coffee break. Hey friends, Sarah here. I'm back again this week with Aaron Forbes. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? So um, as you said, my name is Aaron Forbes. I'm 18 years old, and I'm the author of the Fire and Ice book series. My first book, Fire and Ice, The Elementals, was published when I was 16 years old, and the second one, Fire and Ice, The Lost Dreamer, just came out in November. Um, I've been writing ever since I was very, very young, and um, that passion quickly led me to writing my own book series. So yeah. I love it. Sometimes when I talk to writers and authors or aspiring writers, um, they say, oh, I'm too old. I'm too young. You wrote your first book at 16. You've been writing your whole life. Did you ever struggle with, oh, I'm too young to do this? Or was that not even a concern for you? Well, I would say that ever since I was about eight years old, my dream was to publish a, a book, whether it was a children's book or a novel. I never really regarded my age as much as, of an impediment because, um, you know, my parents always sort of raised me with this mindset that I could do anything that I put my mind to. So I was homeschooled for the majority of my life. And although I was required to do all the, you know, required subjects, um, I could put a lot of focus into creative writing, which is something that I really appreciated. I like that too. That's really, that's really cool. I know. So I went through um, public schools and I would always write like the second I got off the bus, I would like run home, go into the basements and, uh, (laughs) and start and start writing. I really like that you can do anything you put your mind to. For you, that was writing. Uh, Who are your biggest inspirations? My biggest um, inspirations as far as authors are probably um, C.S. Lewis and Ella Montgomery. Just I love their writing styles. And being that the Fire and Ice book series takes place in a fantasy realm called Ashling, um, I believe that I took much inspiration from, you know, Narnia in that sense. Mm. I was fascinated by the idea that I could create my own world and I could make the rules and nobody could tell me what could be in it or anything, really. I could just make it all up for my imagination. That was something that I was really inspired by. The Narnia series is absolutely one of my favorites. It was also something that inspired me uh, when I was younger to start writing as well. Creating your own world with your own rules. I feel like a lot of listeners to this show are adults, and there may be people who have been told that imagination is just for little kids, but I think that it's not. I think that imagination is It's an important factor or feature as we move through adulthood. Can you tell me a little bit about sort of the role of imagination? Really funny that you brought this up because um, in my recent uh, college course that I'm taking called Intro to the Humanities, we're talking a lot about the value of imagination and how um, so many people find, like so many people will claim, you know, I'm not a very creative person. But when you think about it, all children are very creative. In terms of, like, not having creativity, it's just that you've been sort of neglecting your imagination, which helps develop your creativity, in a sense. So ever since I was very little, I've had a very vivid imagination, and I think that being homeschooled, my parents really valued that, and they told me how much it was important to hold on to. Um, And, you know, my love of books really helped me to maintain it. For people maybe who are out there listening who say, oh, I've lost my imagination and I can't get it back. I don't think that's true. And I have the feeling that maybe you don't think that's true either. Yeah, no, I definitely don't. Um, 
That's a difficult situation because I do understand it. I know people who are like that and people say that to me often. You know, I wish I could write a book, but Mm -hmm. my imagination, I'm just not very in touch with it. I would say, you know, stop restricting yourself. A lot of times when you're you're not um, tapping into your imagination, you're afraid of what other people might say or you're afraid of the reactions of your readers or whatever. But people like when people are genuine and a lot of that comes from your imagination. So I want to touch on something. You said they're afraid. I love talking about fear because it holds us back from doing so many cool and important things. Talk us through a little bit. How do you work through some of those fears? Well, since I started writing, you know, I started writing my first book when I was 12. Um, It wasn't published until I was 16, but I started writing it when I was 12. And a lot of the words that I was putting into it were struggles that I was going through at that age. Um, And I was... I wasn't planning on publishing it when I first started writing it. But then once I was halfway through it, I was like, this is too good not to publish. (laughs) So uh, it definitely took a little bit for me to come to terms with the fact that people that may not like me would be reading it. But I have to be unapologetically myself because, you know, there's people who go through life fearing that, uh, you know, the reactions of other people, but you're never truly experiencing life to the fullest unless you just throw all of that away and you're just being yourself. I love that. I have to be unapologetically myself. That is very powerfully and beautifully said. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love that. So I'm curious. So you published when you were 16. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you? Well, um, after I finished the first draft of Fire and Ace the Elementals, which was my first book, um, I did a lot of research because it was something that I had wanted to publish for a while. Um, I went through several phases of editing, and I wasn't really sure what path I wanted to take, You know, whether that be traditional publishing, um, hybrid publishing, or self-publishing. But I met with several people in the industry, and I had a lot of people guiding me, which was very helpful. I got a lot of really great advice from local people who were authors or publishers. And there was one publisher who was actually interested in taking me up on my book. But I decided that I wanted to self-publish because as a first-time author, I wanted to have the control that was involved. Mm. Although, you know, it's very difficult to get your um, self-published book you know, really out there, you, you, the whole um, marketing is on your and you have to take responsibility for that. But I'm very happy with the path that I chose. And I think that I've, I've done a pretty good job marketing so far. (laughs) It's actually spread all around the world. I actually recently got fan art from a girl in Brazil, which was the craziest thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's been really, really successful for a self-published book series. It's been really great so far. You talked about uh, marketing is hard, but right now you have people across the globe who are reading your work. How did you go about marketing? Did it take a huge budget? What sort of uh, avenues did you pursue there? Well, as a teenager, I have to think about the fact that I don't don't have a ton of money to spend on marketing. (laughs) So, um, Mainly, it's difficult to say how exactly I went about it, but I I really utilize social media a lot. My biggest platform is probably on Instagram, mm. and I sort of blog through all of my posts. I try to post really high-quality photos, and 
people are really interested to learn about my experience as a teen author, not only about my book series, but my journey and my writing journey in general. So I like to, you know, let people sort of step into my story and tell them about what's going on in my daily life. Because every day as a teen author, something new and exciting is happening. So people are really interested to hear about that. And through social media and through my blog and through my YouTube channel, I've had it spread to readers all across the world. I have readers in Brazil, Australia, the Philippines, Europe, and all over America. So it's very exciting. Very cool. I'm going to make sure that I link to your Instagram and your YouTube channel and all these things in the show notes for today's episode so people can kind of check that out, get a feel for what you're doing, uh, see how to do it the right way. (laughs) Um, I do get a lot of questions from authors about, you know, how do I even do Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate your willingness to let people kind of check out your presence there. Definitely. Yeah. Another question I wanted to ask is, how are you using YouTube as an author? I found since I published my book series that there's really big communities of book lovers, teen book lovers on Instagram and um, YouTube. Um, they call themselves Bookstagram or Booktube. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Basically, these teens, they'll post videos of themselves talking about books, um, doing book reviews. You know, if they went to the bookstore recently, they'll do a big book haul. Um, And there's also a group of, you know, authors, whether it be teen authors or just authors in general, who talk about their writing journey and stuff. So originally, my YouTube channel started out as I would just use it to post my book trailers, which um, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically like a movie trailer. Um, You would you know, get a cast together and almost like make a movie trailer for your book. Cool. <laughs> so that gets people interested in it. Um, I've done that for both of my books. Um, and so after I did those for my YouTube channel, I sort of started, you know, vlogging and blogging my life as a teen author, all the different events that I would go to, um, and all the little adventures that I would go on. So yeah, I love it. It kind of provides a window, like you said earlier, window into your experience, letting people step into your life. Exactly. If there is an author out there who has no idea, maybe how to step into that community, because the bookstagram community, the booktube community, I know there's a lot of probably do's and don'ts, like you probably don't want to go out there and just spam comments for all of these people's videos saying, buy my book, buy my book. Like that's probably the wrong way to do it. What's one step people can take to become part of a community? And yeah, I think that that's the question I want to ask with the caveat that maybe not every bookstagram community is for everyone. Yeah, well, I would say as for authors who are really trying to market their book, the Bookstagram and Booktube communities are really great. Um, If you want to step into them, I would say make your own account for yourself as an author. And like I said, blog your daily life, post some things about your book, some nice quality photos. And if you really want to like get into the community, find an account, whether it be... um, Bookstagram or Booktube of a really devoted and really um, enthusiastic reviewer because mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of teens who will post really nice photos of a book that they're reviewing and they'll say you know five stars or whatever and then they'll talk about it a little bit and a bunch of people will like it so it'll get them interested um, and even if you have to send them a free copy of the book it's totally worth it if they'll actually review it because you know it gets a lot of attention. That is great, great advice. And that's something I haven't talked about on the show before is 
using YouTube and connecting with existing book communities on YouTube. So Erin, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Your expertise is so valuable here. Something else that you said earlier really caught my attention. And you said that when you were sort of looking for how you wanted to publish, whether that was traditional, hybrid, self-publishing, you spoke with a lot of people and you sort of got advice from different people. I know so many authors who they go to school or they go to work every day, they come home and they're not sure how to develop relationships with people who can help them. Can you give us any insight into that? Yeah, I I definitely understand what you're saying, because there's a lot of people who go into the publishing, you know, self-publishing thing just sort of blindly, like they're not entirely sure how it works. And as a teenager, obviously, I had no real sense of the industry when I first started out. Um, So a lot of the connections that I made were through my parents. They they don't know much about publishing either, but a couple of their friends do. I would say, you know, every community, whether really, no matter where you live, there's somebody who knows about it. So um, don't really be afraid to ask people and put yourself out there because people in this industry really love giving advice to other people like (laughs) I do. So um, yeah, even if you don't know anyone really around you, um, you could contact people through, you know, the internet who do so. (laughs) Very, very cool. That's something that I think needs to be more I don't know if I want to say more visible or more prevalent in the author community is just how much we rely on each other and how much we need to rely on each other. Yeah. Um, Since I started my whole bookstagram thing, um, I came across a really, you know, quite a large community of teen authors. I was so surprised because, you know, as a teen author, you kind of feel like you're alone (laughs) in the the entire thing. Like there's not a lot of other people who are in your situation, but, um, there's this, there's this thing called a teenauthorsjournal.com, which, um, one of my fellow teen authors created. And it's basically like an online community where, um, all the teen authors get together and we give each other advice. Um, we blog about different things. So yeah, I would say that authors are really there for each other. Absolutely. And and I know that there's this perception that it's a very backstabby community, but I, I feel like that's maybe on its way out. Or maybe that's me just having some wishful thinking. But I really want us to get to a point <laughs> together as authors um, where we are more supportive, where we're not saying like, oh, you know, someone can only read one book in a year and it's going to be my book. I, I, I want people to say, yeah. hey, we can read more than one book. You know, it's exactly. Yes. Getting people reading a wider selection of authors is very important as well. And I completely agree with you on that. Um, I think that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, it was quite different Mm -hmm. in the entire industry because, you know, most people didn't really think about self-publishing at all or hybrid publishing. It was all the traditional route. And, you know, you had to go through, you know, getting rejected a bunch of times in order to even get into the industry. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of opportunities available now. And it's it's really great. I absolutely agree with that. So you took the self-publishing route. What did that look like for you? Um, So originally, I self-published through CreateSpace, which is the Amazon company that a lot of self-published authors will go through. And it was really great. You know, they distribute to Barnes & Noble, to Amazon, and to, you know, Ingram and all the different things. But recently, I've started to expand through IngramSpark, which is the other popular self-publishing company. Because they are returnable and because my books are getting so popular, um, you Mm. know, if a bookstore wants to stock them, then um, they generally will only stock books that are considered returnable. And uh, IngramSpark 
does have books returnable as to uh, create space, which doesn't generally. So, oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Like that is not even something I would have thought of. Like that—that's not even something that's on my radar. Is oh, it, do you, you know, are your books returnable? That is fascinating. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it either until one of my fellow authors was talking to me about it. And she's really into breaking boundaries in the self-publishing industry. And, you know, sometimes you feel like um, for people who are traditionally published, there's more opportunities. Um, but really, she she's really into breaking boundaries. So um, she gave me that advice as far as getting into bookstores, which was really, really helpful. And it helped me to get my books on hardcover, mm-hmm. which was one of my all-time dreams. As, as a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cool. So do you have some of your books in hardcover now? And how does it feel to look at them? I do. It's the craziest thing. Um, I haven't published my first book on hardcover yet. But I published the second one on hardcover, which um, was released in November. And I got the first proof copy in the mail a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, this is insane. (laughs) It was was so crazy. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I love it. I love it. What an exciting feeling. Oh my gosh. Sort of going along with that. You love writing. I do. Yeah. (laughs) You love writing. And I'm just going to say that as a statement. I'm not even going to ask it. You you love writing. Um, What is your absolute favorite part of writing? That's so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite question to ask. (laughs) I would say during one of those days when you spend a lot of time writing and eventually you just kind of immerse yourself into the story and you you kind of zone out for the rest of life (laughs) it's really interesting because as someone who has a fantasy series with an alternative sort of realm uh it's quite cool because I can sort of turn the switch Mm. to the different worlds that I'm in but my favorite part of writing is probably creating new characters and character development in addition to naming characters which I'm absolutely obsessed with (laughs) and you know just developing their appearance in general it's really cool it's really interesting to be able to develop them throughout the story since this is a series and to make them relatable for teenagers who are reading the books. Um, and as a teenager myself, I think that's something that I can definitely do. So, yeah. Do you have like a good piece of advice for how to make a character relatable? I would say don't make them too rigid because mm-hmm. sometimes you, you're trying to make everything perfect with your writing and, you know, the dialogue has to be perfect. But you have to think about what would what would a teenager or what would an adult actually be saying? I know with my, my writing style, it's a bit more um, formal, even the dialogue, but that's just because of, you know, they, it takes place in an alternative realm where everyone speaks that way. But don't be afraid to add any humor into your writing, you know, just make it like flow from your mind, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you mean. And I'm <laughs> sure that most of our listeners will understand that feeling as well. Are you a student right now? It sounds like you're doing some college courses. Yes. So um, technically, I finished all of my high school work when I was a sophomore. I was homeschooled from fourth grade to uh, up until recently. Um, so I finished all my high school work as a sophomore. I finished it in two years instead of four. And um since then, I was just doing a bunch of college courses. I've been to six different universities online. <laughs> um, and then I've taken a couple in person as well. So since I'm going to be starting school in the fall, um, as a matriculated student, I will be starting with 45 credits, which is a heck of a lot. Nice. And I, gra- I graduated in December, which is kind of strange, but <laughs> that's how it worked for me. Very cool. So I'm curious, I, maybe now and then also as you become a matriculated student, how do you fit writing into your schedule? How do you plan to fit writing into your schedule moving forward? 
Well, I think that writing will definitely take up a lot of my schedule because I'm planning to major in English and minor in creative writing. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted to do that and follow my passion. I know there's a lot of students who will say, you know, I want to do this because it makes a lot of money or I want to do this because it's a really, you know, hyped up industry. But writing is my passion and that's what I wanted to follow. So I'm going to be doing that. As far as balancing it with schoolwork, that's always been a struggle for me. Um, And sometimes I don't even know how I wrote one book in one year last year. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's important to make a schedule and to really plan out your time, I would say. Definitely. How do you do that? Do you have like, do you use like a Google calendar? Do you have a planner? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I have a planner and a a calendar on my computer. Um, So between all of my interviews like this and all of my schoolwork that I have to get done, I try to do, since I'm doing online courses right now, I try to get the majority of it done in the beginning of the week and devote the rest of the week to writing. Generally, the weekends I have free for writing, but I don't know how that will change when I'm a matriculated student. So I try to devote at least like two or three hours in the afternoon to writing. And if I get all of my schoolwork done in the morning, then that's not usually a problem. Very cool. So it sounds like you have to make a series of very intentional choices. Yes, you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> is it ever hard for you? Or, or is that one of those things where you just love writing so much that it's not even a hard choice to make? Like, oh, do I want to sleep in? Or do I want to like get my schoolwork done so I can write? Oh, it is a difficult choice for me, especially with sleeping in, because if you if, for example, your um, your schoolwork takes longer than general and then you have, you know, generally I try to write two or three pages per day because I write with my book already formatted out. Mm. So this is just a system that works for me. And then I complete a lot of pages per week if I do that. Um, so if I I'm running behind on my schoolwork in the morning, then I have to stay up a little bit later to finish my page count. Um, But yeah, it's a difficult decision to uh, wake up early in the morning, get all that done. Agree. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I agree. I trouble this morning myself getting up to to do this work that we love isn't it's just it's such a weird thing you have to even though it's work that you love it's still the choice can be difficult sometimes it can be hard to get out of bed. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You had mentioned doing a little bit of a reading from your book. Sure. I'd be happy to. Yeah, if you have that kind of ready for us, I would love to just get a feel for for your writing. Okay, so I'm going to read you um, two and a half pages from page 72 to 74 of Fahrenheit's The Lost Dreamer, which is um, my latest release. So, So, And this is the second book. Yes, this okay. is the second book. It'll still sort of make sense to you. I mean, there'll be a couple things you don't really know, but it sort of explains itself. <laughs> awesome. So, the Academy for Gifted Youth was settled in the valley that rested between the two forests I had grown to know so well. Although the castle and meadow dwelled in a state of silent abandonment, I was able to remember my previous year at the school. The four lone towers were now covered in a tangled mess of flowering vines, and the castle doors were evidently locked. There was no longer the golden glimmer of lanterns behind the dining hall windows, and the laughter of students was merely a memory that echoed throughout my mind. Emery revealed a, an, an unreadable expression as a thin strand of blonde hair crossed her face. The faint freckles on her pointed nose reminded me of the droplet fairies we had encountered. A faint smile rested upon her porcelain cheeks, which crinkled at the corners of her diamond eyes. There is something very strange about this silence, she whispered. I can't help but remember everything that has happened here. This is the place where our lives changed, I murmured, recalling the first time we stepped foot in the academy. 
That day seemed to be ages away from the moment when we had vanquished the creatures of the night oak forest. We dismounted our horses and tied them to the fence that stood beside the white trees. Emerald meadow spread out before us with the soft blades of grass that had once been trampled by the bare feet of gifted children. The field was now empty, and there was not a single silhouette standing against the outline of the extravagant castle. An iridescent teardrop fell from the surface of my cheek, streaming down to the corner of my lips. It was not an emotional display of sadness. Rather, it, was a, it provided a gateway for the happiness in my heart. A series of flashbacks entered my mind, almost as swiftly as they had disappeared. Visions of lost girls, stone towers, and phantom reflections danced in my memory. Shall we? asked Emery, glancing at me with a smile that dared to kindle the fire of our world. Our legs carried us through the meadow as the tall grass brushed against our boots. My sister tugged at the strand of ribbon that was struggling to hold my ginger mane in place. The messy braid was released to the breath of the summer wind. Wild hair is not a flaw, my dear sister, Emery laughed. It is a mark of the untamable spirit. You speak as though you have the knowledge of the drudgery it entails, I responded. So, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> Oh, Thank I you. love that. Very, very vivid. I could see the whole thing happening. That was very lovely. And I love that it's about sisters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, twin sisters. They look nothing alike. They have, you know, their powers are completely opposite. Fire and Ice, like the name of the series, but they're the best of friends. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, my gosh. So, Erin, if people are interested in picking up your book, uh, what do they do? Where do they go? So if you're interested in buying a copy of either of the books in the Fire and Ice series, you can find them on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And they're also for sale on my website, which is www.fireandicebookseries.com. Wonderful. I will make sure that I have links to all of those in the show notes for today's episode. Erin, I'm so <laughs> delighted that we got to connect today. I, um, yeah. I just enjoyed our conversation so much. I love your love of writing, and I love that you're willing to share that with us today. I think that you've perhaps rekindled the spark of the love of writing in, in a lot of hearts today. So thank you oh, so thank much. You. Thank you so much for having me.